Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Big Dad Podcast. Uh, today, I'm really excited to talk to uh, to Matt King. Um, I have uh, gotten to know him a little bit over the last few years, being in GoBundance and uh, being around him, and now him starting to now be the CEO of GoBundance, which is awesome um, and a refreshing change for uh, for folks like myself um, who are excited to see uh, the the change and the the direction. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, Matt, I'm really looking forward to digging in a little bit deeper, getting to know you on a different level than I ever have, because most of the conversations we've had have been, you know, in passing. Uh, but uh, now I get to uh, dig into uh, a little bit, a little bit more intimate and personal stuff. Um, but uh, Matt, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself and your family, and tell us about uh, your, uh, you know, the businesses you're running and operating. Awesome, man. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's an honor, a privilege. I don't quite feel qualified to be on the show. I mean, I guess, yes, I'm a dad. Yes, I run and own some businesses, but certainly don't feel like I'm an expert in either of those. Um, super grateful to, to be with you today and, and share what I can on the journey that I'm on. You know, I want to first say that everything that I'll share today is like concepts and things that I'm playing with. I'm by no stretch of the imagination perfect you know, I get frustrated with my kids, my wife and I get frustrated with each other, but I'm just trying to continue to evolve and grow as, as a human first, you know, a man second, and then as a husband and a father third. Um, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm going to share things that I'm working on. I'm going to share things I'm experiencing, but again, by no stretch of the imagination, I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm well, pretty I fortunate. Think, I think we're going to have to end Go the ahead. podcast here then, because I'm only looking for perfect fathers of business operators. So I yeah, appreciate you out, jumping man. on. Uh, it was a I'm, pleasure. I'm by far perfect. <laughs> By far. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really fortunate, man, that I've uh, I've been in, I've been able along the journey of my life to meet some really really cool people. Um, started off when I was when I was younger, meeting cool people at my grandparents' place down in Jupiter, Florida. You know, people that own Michael's Pipeline, which has got to be one of the largest road work pipeline companies in the world, if not the largest. Um, and just being surrounded by people that like thought a little bit differently. Uh, both of my parents are amazing down to earth, incredible humans. Um, but they, they chose like the normal, like the, the most people choose this, you know, middle-class, amazing people, same jobs for 40 plus years. Dad actually just retired two weeks ago from, uh, the same job he's had since, uh, he graduated from college. Nice. Congrats, uh, and, Dad. and it's, it's amazing, man. Like it's incredible that the commitment and dedication that they had. Um, and you know, I've been lucky along this journey to, to be surrounded by cool people, uh, but most importantly, I'm, I'm fortunate that my parents instilled in me this this curiosity. Um, and I think that the curiosity is what has allowed me to find the way or make the way to achieving whatever I've set out to achieve. Um, you know, I think oftentimes we end in sort of judgment, which is, you know, solve problem, like boom, judgment, door closed. Um, but by being in curiosity, it's allowed me to open some really cool doors and learn new perspectives that I didn't know existed. Um, which started all the way back to to my time in the locker room of a country club cleaning shoes. 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. most of the guys are in this, in this country club, not because they, uh, they are unsuccessful in business or in life, but rather because they've achieved a lot of success and now they want to, you know, focus on golf or use the amenities or whatever it may be. Being in that locker room, I learned, you know, just to listen and, and ask questions and just listen. And these guys are so willing and eager to share. Um, and it's that country club that sort of taught me this lesson that service is the Trojan horse to knowledge. I'll say that again. Service is the Trojan horse to knowledge. And when you serve people and you serve the world, they will share every single thing they know with you happily. And I've just tried to do that every single place I've gone, whether it be a GoBundance conference in 2013 when I started in the back of the room serving water and making sure that everybody had what they needed as a part of the Go crew working 18-hour days or whether it's the event I'm preparing for in a week at Lake Oconee for, for GoBundance where I'll be on stage leading incredible men who I look up to through exercises and workshops that I'm challenging people on and um, facilitating conversation and, you know, just trying to serve them and make their lives a little bit better. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I've been playing with right now is, is that like the magic of what you desire lies in the work you're unwilling to do. And so I think like what I am going to go to like a Coney to do is serve those men to work on the work that they've been unwilling to do what I'm going to do for myself is do some work on work I've been unwilling to do and see if the magic lies in that and see what, see what's possible. And again, it's all from a place of curiosity. That is phenomenal. I'm going to try to dig into a bunch of that stuff here soon. However, I'm going to say, you didn't answer my question. Tell me about your family. I don't remember. I don't remember your question, dude. Your no, video good, kept bouncing off. Like, so I got so distracted. Yeah, that's one thing I hate about Riverside um, is like the video disappears. Like right now, you look like an alien. So anybody who's listening and use you use Riverside, I, I'm still. I'm end product is amazing, but man, it's a pain when it's actually happening. Um, yeah, but okay, uh, so it's my just family. Really, really yeah, yeah, I got yeah. So tell me about your family and then uh, yeah. then your business stuff. And I promise you, I will be digging into some more of the stuff over here that you talked about. No, you're good. You're good. So yeah, I've. Uh, Got a beautiful wife, two young children, a four-year-old daughter, two-year-old son. Um, they're both just fiery, fun, curious, um, you know, funny, stubborn, hard-headed, all of the things you want all of your kids to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, bedtime every night is a hostage negotiation. <laughs> um, you know, din- dinner time is a battle. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to help raise sort of like hard-headed, stubborn kids. Like, it's kind of hard to parent. But I told my wife, like the world is not just going to like open these beautiful gold doors and say, here you go, King kids, here's whatever you want on a gold platter. Like the world's Mm going to kick you in the teeth. It's going to knock you down. It's going to beat you up. And I think the stubborn ones kind of find a way to pick themselves up, dust themselves off and keep moving forward. Um, you know, in terms of businesses, um, I run and oversee a family office out of Austin, Texas, uh, one of the businesses we own is the eighth largest residential real estate brokerage in the United States. And then from that have parlayed that into multiple businesses. Um, today, I oversee the entire family office, get to work with some incredibly talented people who run the portfolio companies that we own. Um, and then as a byproduct of of my role in the family office, I get to lead this incredible organization called GoBundance as the CEO uh, and GoBundance Champions, which is a, is a tribe. I tell people that sort of raised me. Um, my parents, again, they raised me, they did the hard work, but these guys brought me in and showed me all these other new ways to think about money and life and goals. And it just opened my eyes to a whole different perspective. Um, and so I, I'm fortunate to, to be able to run and oversee those, have some companies I own on the side. Um, grateful to have a cool team. That's, that's really smart, really talented, excited about what we're trying to accomplish. And, 
you know, all of it for me, Adam ties back to that service. Um, so whether it's like trying to find service-based businesses or whether it's trying to launch group coaching and, and deliver services through that, like for me, it's all about serving people. And, um, if I can continue to just serve and make the world a better place, I can, I can die pretty happy. And I think that you've, you've, you've exemplified that across multiple levels and just kind of, you know, I've been in abundance for four years. Um, and just watching you over the last four years has been awesome. And, you know, you, you mentioned something in that, in your beginning talk of, you know, starting in 2013 in the back, just serving people. And now you're on the stage serving us as the CEO. And it's been an incredible change back to kind of what it was when I first joined. And it feels, feels great to, uh, uh, to have some of that feeling back and a little bit, you know, uh, you know, reinvigorating a lot of us. So I appreciate that and definitely tip my hat to you. And I appreciate appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for that. Um, so, uh, you grew up, did you grow up in Florida or did you grow up, uh, grew up, where, grew up in yeah. Wisconsin? I was born okay. and raised in Wisconsin. Um, at age 23, I moved from Wisconsin to Washington, DC. My girlfriend okay. at the time who's now my beautiful wife said, I'm going to go teach in the inner city schools of DC. After I Sounds graduated lovely. from college, I said, cool, I'm coming with you. I think her response was something along the lines of, well, I didn't invite you. And I said, well, tough shit. I'm coming with you. <laughs> um, so we moved out to DC Spent a summer in Baltimore, um, popped over to DC for her, her teaching services. Um, then met this guy named Pat Hyben at a camp for children with incarcerated parents. Again, for me, it's all about service. So we had moved across the country. I thought I'd like done so well because I'd saved up enough money to, to move and not have to worry about work for a couple months. Looking back, I was, that was the dumbest thing I've ever thought. But, you know, nonetheless, I was like, well, I don't need to work for a couple months. We're not sure where we're going to be. So I'm going to volunteer at a camp with children with incarcerated parents. The day we took him to DC, I met this guy named Pat Hyben, uh, who happens to be one of the founders of GoBundance. And I'm like, hey, what do you do? It's like, I'm an investor. I'm like, what the heck does that mean, man? But again, I trying to remain curious. I was like, well, tell me more. What does that mean? What else do you do? Well, I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Tell me more. What did you do there? Tell me more. And, and then what I did was I took what he taught me on that day, all the information he shared. I went home, bought his book on Amazon, and I read it in a day. And then I reached out to him and said, hey, man, I finished your book. What would it take to have coffee with you? Because I found through the questions I asked, he was just a really cool guy. And it was somebody mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just want to learn a little bit more. And the way you learn a little bit more is you, you provide him a service. So the service I provided to Pat was I read his book. I gave him a five-star review. I shared that review with him. And then I said, what would it take to earn coffee with you? And uh, I met this guy named Pat. He takes me and sends me to Florida to volunteer at a abundance event, one of the first ever ones with 20 guys at a house in Orlando. I meet this guy named David Osborne. I'm like, man, that guy is really fascinating. Um, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Uh, Meet him again. Rewrite my five-year vision. Said I live in Austin, Texas. I worked for David Osborne. And about two weeks later, he called and said, I think you're talented. What would it take to get you to Austin? Uh, You know, fast forward nine and a half years, we've been here. And uh, it's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made to volunteer at that camp back in the day. Because without that, I wouldn't have met Pat. Without that, I wouldn't have met David. Without Mm -hmm. that, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And um, you know, Steve Jobs says you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. And he's, he's so true. Yeah. And I, I think that also goes to, um, one of my strong beliefs is that one of the best decisions you can make in your life is the person that you get married to. And you clearly, yeah, you clearly chose a good person because it puts you in the situation, you know, obviously again, you can't connect the dots looking back or looking forward, but, um, you know, she put you in a position moving to somewhere that you didn't know you were going to move to, to find somebody that you didn't know you were going to find to read a book. You didn't know you're going to read to, you know, uh, to eventually reach the pinnacle of being on a podcast with me, you know, there and, you go. Uh, man. Well, and, yeah. and, and, and the funny <laughs> thing is, is like without her, I don't think I would have had the courage to leave the small town I grew up in. Like, yeah. 
it was kind of that place where you have the model where you like grow up, you, you, you go get a job, you get a college degree, then you come back and you kind of raise mm-hmm. your kids in that community. And without her ambition, desire, um, and her pushing me, I don't, I don't know that I ever would have left. Um, yeah. and so I, you know, think about that all the time of like, man, where would I be? Where would I be? And how lucky I am. And still to this day, she, she kicks my butt and tells me what I need to be doing and pushes me and, and cheerleads for me and, and is my biggest supporter. But she's also, you know, not a critic, but she's, she knows what I'm trying to accomplish in our lives. She knows what I'm capable of and she's not afraid to call me out. And, um, I'm, I'm really lucky to have a partner, um, that's not afraid to do that. And she's doing work on herself too, which is beautiful and going to retreats and learning about health and focusing on her body and her energy and her mind and our kids and the foods and, like, it's just so cool, man. I think, again, it all ties back to just being learning-based and curious. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. I mean, I it, there are a lot of folks, especially in GoBundas, or well, I shouldn't say a lot, but a few of them that I've talked to where, you know, they, they feel like they're kind of, they're doing all this work on themselves, but their spouse isn't. Um, so it's kind of nice to see, you know, the, the two of you guys doing that together and trying to work hard. And um, how have you seen that kind of uh, moving into like the, your, your kids? Like how have you guys had discussions on how you want to, you, you mentioned that you want to raise uh, hard-headed, stubborn kids, right? Um, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully hard-headed, stubborn adults. Um, but, uh, That's right. but you know, it, it's a, it's a process. Like you have to really have your wife on board for that. For that, like, what kind of conversations have you had around raising the kids and how that how that looks and what your what your goals are? You know, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. We haven't had as deep and meaningful of conversations as probably many people would think. Like, I would say we really do a good job of parenting shoulder to shoulder most of the time, and letting each of us kind of be in our lane. And then we get face to face if we have to about the conversation or the tone or what we're trying to accomplish and stuff. But you know, we kind of are on the same page of just like at the end of the day, we want our kids to find the way or make the way to do whatever they want. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, do we baby them at times? Absolutely. Do we spoil them at times? Absolutely. Are we tough on them at times? Absolutely. Um, But we have a really good team. Like we bounce off each other pretty good. When I'm frustrated, my wife steps in. When she's frustrated, I step in. Um, And it's not really spoken. It's more just sort of unspoken. Um, You know, the one thing I'll tell you is, is we've had a lot of conversations around commitment i think commitment in in kids and a commitment in adults uh, is super important so our daughter happens to be a really good soccer player but she's like i don't like soccer anymore and we're like okay great well you committed to play this season so after the season if you don't want to play anymore we can we cannot play anymore well i want to stop now like yeah we understand you want to but that's not what we're going to do we made a commitment Mm -hmm. to this team we made a commitment to yourself and we're going to follow through on your word and uh, you know, I think us being on the same page around that is super important because it would be so easy to say, yeah, sure, let's skip that. And, you know, then all of a sudden you get this quitter mindset. And the next thing you know, she's quitting mm-hmm. gymnastics and cheer and dance and music and pool and swim, you know, like, so, you know, trying, trying to just instill in her like, hey, you made a commitment, you stick with it. And then, uh, you know, with our son, like, we're just trying to like celebrate things. So like, one of my favorite things to do as a parent is celebrate failure. So, you know, our son falls, it's like go nuts and cheer. Like he just won the the world series because like he got back up and he's alive yeah. and he's okay. Like good for you for trying, right? Like you only fall in life when you're trying to do things that are hard or outside of your comfort zone. So like cheer it on. Like our daughter falls off her bike. She skins her knee. You know, I don't care if you stain your clothes. I don't care if you stain the bed or the couch, whatever. I don't care what happens. I just care that you get back on the bike. And so we yeah. celebrate it. We, we, you know, applaud it. Um, we applaud them taking risks. We encourage them to ask for their own food at restaurants. We, you know, we're just kind of trying to push them to become their own little people. 
Uh, and then whatever they want to do from that, we'll just be there to support and, and guide them into sort of like staying on the, the right path, which is like away from drugs and, you know, doing legal things. But, uh, yeah. you know, we want them to be their own people. That's yeah. I, I love the, I mean, the, the image of, um, the way you said that, like raising the kids side by side, shoulder to shoulder and only getting face to face when, when it's needed. Like, um, when they, so, uh, I'm a Christian and one of the guys I really like to listen to, um, one of the things he talks about is the, the imagery of my dog, my dog is in here trying to chew a piece of paper airplane while I'm trying to die. Give me my paper airplane back or my sons. But anyways, uh, before I was rudely interrupted by my dog, um, is the imagery that he gives is like, so, you know, Eve was created from the rib of Adam. Um, and that's exactly where she's supposed to be is right by his side, right? It's not, not behind him, not in front of him, but right by his side and everything that they're doing and working hard together. So I love that imagery of just, you know, having, um, and I think today, you know, we, we have a lot of the, the toxic masculinity talk and the, you know, um, uh, all the, no- <laughs> in my opinion, a lot of nonsense on around that. And it's like, okay, well, if we could just actually be honest and say, no, like, there there does need to be a leader of the house right and there does need to be a leader of the family but it doesn't mean that the other person is not important like i want my wife right by my side but at yeah. the same point she expects me to be able to be lead when it's when it needs to happen yeah and i'll tell you this adam like i think i think leadership inside of a family inside of a household is a relay race there's going to be legs mm-hmm. where i'm running with the baton oh, yeah. and there's going to be legs where i need her to run with the baton and there might be a leg where we need our four-year-old to run with the baton like because dad's hands are full you know, son just peed his pants, wife's handling that, and we need to get the dog inside or whatever it is, right? And and so one of the things we're trying to focus on is, is just like, you know, leadership isn't a him or a her thing. Leadership is like yeah. each and every one of us need to embody that and step up when when our number is called or our role is called. And, uh, you know, for me, it's not about ego. It's not about pride. Like, do I get stubborn at times? Absolutely, man. I am so far from perfect. But at the end of the day, like, I know my wife. I know what she's capable of. I know my daughter. I know what she's capable of. I know our son. He's two, man. I could tell you he could boss the world around. He's strong. <laughs> um, and so if, you know, we go to a restaurant and he wants to lead, lead, man. You you order first, whatever you want to do, right? So uh, I think that's well said. And, and uh, I'm really lucky to have have an incredible wife who's willing to to do those things and willing to be by my side and candidly willing to put up with a lot of my crap because I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. I'm driven. I'm motivated. I'm eager to continue to take on the world. And, um, you know, she's, she's there cheering me on and supporting me. That's awesome. So, you know, you, you mentioned running a family office, um, which I would imagine. And since I, I, I know, know all of you guys, um, yeah, that's gotta be rather taxing, rather busy. So I, I, I was a prior military guy. I was in for 18 years, did a bunch of different things. I jumped ship because it was time. It was like, I wanted to spend time with my family. I wanted to do things. Um, how are you looking at the future and what you're doing now um, and trying to understand, uh, I, I hate the word balance because I don't think it's technically a balance, but trying to figure out, okay, well, uh, what, what, at what level do I spend more time with the family versus, you know, having to focus on the business versus, you know, the growth versus um, uh, happy being where we're at? Like, how are you kind of working through that at, the, at this moment and how are you planning to change it as you grow? Yeah, I, I think for me, it's all about like seasons of life. I kind of, I'm still in my thirties. I have this sort of delusional belief that if I work 20 years in my thirties, so I work 80 hours a week when everybody else is working 40, that when I'm in my forties, I can work 10 hours or I mean 10 years in my forties and then in my fifties, I won't have to work at all. Um, and so one of the things I'm focused on is, is like still being committed to my kids. So like last week, my daughter's like, will you take me to school? And the answer was yes, clear the schedule, move a call, move this, do the call earlier, whatever it might be. 
Like if I can't find 40 minutes in my day to take my daughter to school, I've got an issue. Like, dad, will you pick us up? Sure, I'll pick you up. Like whatever I have to do. Now there's of course days where it's no, I can't. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. But it's never no, I can't. It's hey, today is really not going to work for me. But how about Wednesday? Like, oh yeah, Wednesday, 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 right? And you know, I I just try to always say yes to them. Now it's not always yes directly, but I always try to get them to the end result of what they're looking for, which is hey, dad, we really want you to take us to school. Cool, I'm in, right? And that's the fortune, that's the benefit of having your own business or being a leader inside of businesses is you kind of can create your own schedule. Mm -hmm. And so like my team knows, like if I got the morning blocked off for my kids, we, we keep it blocked off. Um, and the other thing I do is I'm, I'm traveling a bunch right now for work. I bring my family to as much of it as I can. So I'm, I'm speaking at Bigger Pockets this weekend. Um, my family's coming with me. We're leaving tomorrow. We're going to take the kids to Disney and we're bringing the in-laws and my parents and like we're doing the whole thing and uh, they're going to come with me. Uh, I had to go to a, uh, an event earlier this year in California, brought the kids with me, had to go to Jackson Hole, brought the kids with me. So like I try to bring the family along. And the amazing thing about that is it's like they get to see a glimpse into, into what you really do. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I was in Jackson Hole. And we were going to do a sound check and, you know, my job is to lead the group and I'm standing on stage with the mic and all that stuff. And we get into the room and my daughter looks at me and she said, dad, the stage is already set up. I'm like, yeah, I know, sweetie. What's up? She's like, I thought you set up stages. I'm like, oh no, I don't set up stages for a living. I don't really know how to work a screwdriver, but like <laughs> somebody did and it looks amazing, doesn't it? And, you know, then she wanted to come on stage with me. So I bring her up on stage with me. So like, you know, trying to put them in a place um, where they feel like they're a part of the journey, not like they're in like the backseat of my car, not, you know, not going with me. So I, I try to mm -hmm. keep them in the front, try to do the best I can. That's a concept David taught me. And, you know, just, just try to continue to focus on it. So it doesn't slip by the wayside because it's very easy to. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I traveled a lot, like I said, for the military. And then when I left and I said, I need to, I need to figure something outside. I was traveling on go bunnage trips. I was going out to, you know, visit different properties or do different things. And it was like, I need to figure out how to involve my kids more with this and take them on the trips. How do I, cause like it wasn't mm. something one time in my military career when I had kids, was I able to bring my kids with me? And it was when I only had one and now I've got three. So it was like, okay, my wife and I both went on a trip to Hawaii at the same time. And I was like, well, we got to figure something out. So we just brought them with and figured out who was going to watch them when we got there type of thing, you know? But, um, uh, as your kids get older and you're doing the traveling, so now I just started homeschool, which is where this thought process went, is I'm doing homeschool so I can bring them around with me. I, I mean, they're coming with me. Um, we're doing our conference uh, for ADPI in a couple weeks. Um, I'm, they're coming with me up to Fanbundance and GoBundance up in uh, uh, Vermont. Um, I brought them up to the Philadelphia event up there. I'm bringing them all over to play, wherever I can. Um, as your kids grow up, have you uh, have you thought about like okay, once they're actually school age, like are you going to be doing homeschool? Have you thought through how you want to do it? Like hiring a personal teacher? What's your what are your thoughts on that? Um, and and how yeah, has the I'm, conversation I'm, face to face with your wife been on that? Yeah, we just started having our daughter's four. She goes to a school right now four days a week, and and next year is kind of like the kindergarten age where she's mm -hmm. going to have to we're going to have to make a decision. You know, man, I'm stubborn. I'm stuck in my ways, like traditional school worked for me. Like I hated the testing. I hated the standardized testing. I hated sitting in the desk, but it taught me, you know, discipline. It taught me grit, determination, you know, it taught me how to overcome things. And then it taught me how to like, you know, figure out how to get what I want in a group of people. Um, so, you know, it's a long way of saying we haven't really come up with a decision yet. Uh, there's definitely benefits to homeschooling. There's definitely benefits to traditional schooling. There's definitely benefits to private schooling. Um, there's definitely cons to all three of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's just a conversation we'll have. And ultimately we'll lean on our kids to let them kind of decide 
Now you got to steer them a little bit and guide them. But the last thing I want to do is put my daughter in a place or a school that she resents me for. So like, I want her to feel good in the environment. If it's like, Hey dad, I really like this little private school. Like, cool. We'll stay there. Mm -hmm. And if it's, Hey dad, I don't want to do school at all. Like, obviously that's not, you know, not negotiable. (laughs) You're going to go to school. But if it's like, Hey, I really want to do homeschooling and travel around the world for, you know, two years and they're 12 and 10, like, cool, let's do it. Right. I want them to be uh, to have a voice in the journey. Um, now we'll guide it, we'll steer it, but I, I want to make it a part of their decision too. And, and not just tell them this is the way it's going to be. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, I've done the, the private school. So I initially, I was a public school guy. I thought the same thing as you, or I was like, dude, it, it taught me so much about life, about the world, about, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially going straight into the military from high school. It was like, I was already exposed to so much stuff that I was like, all right, I understand how to thrive and or how to survive. I should say not thrive necessarily in this environment. So I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, you know, and then my wife was a private school, uh, private Christian school, her whole upbringing. Um, and so when we got married, I was like, oh, there's no like, no, like public school is totally the way to go. Like I was so prepared. And then the second I had kids, it was like, not a chance. Like I just, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't picture putting my kids in some of the places that I, I, I was in. Um, and then when, especially once it came time to actually put them into a school, it was like, man, I got to, so we, we chose private school at first. Um, uh, but I, I, I'm curious on the, you know, cause obviously like a, a you know, f- kindergarten, first grade, second grade, how much input you feel like you're going to receive from them versus how much steering you think you're going to need to do on that. Obviously it's a, I mean, here's what I'll tell you. I think our kids, I think our kids give us way more input than we recognize. I think they give it through nonverbal cues. And I think we as adults are programmed to think that everything, all feedback is verbal. Um, you know, if I take my daughter to a new school and I see her energy and her, you know, body get all nervous, I'll be like, cool, you should Mm -hmm. be nervous. This is new. And as she meets kids, if she opens up, as she starts playing with them, as she gets in the car and asks questions about them and stuff, it's like, okay, cool. Like, she's giving me the cues that she's interested in. She's curious. If she gets in the car and starts crying and says, I miss Lily and Reed and all those friends, like, cool. She's telling me where she wants to go. Right. So, uh, I, I'm not necessarily looking for her dad. I want to go here and here's yeah. why <laughs> I'm looking for her energy. I'm looking for her body. I'm looking for how she shows up. I'm looking for how her energy feels when she's around me. And, and we'll try to find that right match. And like the beautiful thing about life is if we make the wrong decision, we can always go to something else. Like mm-hmm. nothing is written in stone. Nothing is finalized. The worst thing that happens is we lose a little bit of money. Life will go on. Right. Um, and so I, I think, you know, Hey, if this feels right to all of us and she's excited, cool. If two weeks in, she's like, I miss my old friends. I miss my old school. Cool. We'll go back two weeks in. She's at the old school. She's like, Hey, I want to try something new. Cool. We'll try something new. Like, it's okay. Life is all about choice. Uh, and, and trying to avoid the judgment around it. Like it, it, it's such a polarizing topic and it feels so heavy. Like all, all things right now being discussed in the world, like Mm -hmm. whatever you choose to do with your kids is awesome. Whatever I choose to do with my kids is awesome. Like, let's be curious and see how we can, Hey, I learned this. Did you learn that? Like, and, and let's just share and not, you know, we don't need to reside in judgment. We need to do the same for our kids is, is show them just like reside in curiosity. Both sides can be beautiful and true and that's okay. That's awesome. Where would you where would you say you got your your ideas or thoughts on on parenting? How do, how would you say you've kind of developed that um, uh, before you had kids? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is from our upbringing, right? The stories we tell ourselves and the memories we have from our parents, um, and then a lot of it is from the people we spend time with, and then some of it is from resources, books, journals, uh, podcasts like this one, YouTube videos, speakers. 
Uh, and you, you know, the cool thing about it is, is like, I don't want this to sound light. Like we're raising children. This is very important. Um, but we're kind of making a recipe and you just try a little bit of this. And if it mm -hmm. doesn't work and the child responds in a way, that's not like what you're trying to intend for. Like you just change it a little bit. Um, and I, I think for me, like a lot of where I've come up with my, my parenting ways is definitely from my parents. It's definitely from my in-laws, but it's also, my wife was an educator. She was a teacher. Um, she's got a, a degree in, in child psychology and dance of all things. And, uh, I like listen to her a lot. Like she, she understands how kids are wired. She understands the positive feedback and, you know, yelling at Bodhi to get in his chair doesn't quite as effective as saying like, Hey, Ryland, thank you so much for sitting in your chair. Like, Oh, Bodhi, you're climbing into your chair. Thank you for sitting in your chair. Right. So like I pick up a lot of that stuff from her and, uh, you know, try it, apply it. If it works, cool. If it doesn't throw it out, move on. Yeah. I, I mean, that's going to be, I think a key to what, what we do in, in life and in business, but, um, how much totally. of your, your business, especially doing what you do, seeing the operations from a different level, um, have you looked so one of the things I like to say is, is like our kids are like our own little businesses. They're like, uh, like yeah. we're the entrepreneur of our own little businesses. My, my goal is to be the CEO right now, operate, run the business, make sure that it's doing what it needs to do, but eventually become a board of advisors type of person. And you know, when you're an adult, you get to just call me when you need help with something. And I get to go, you know, be on the golf course and hang out like you were talking about before. With right. the folks at the, right. you know. So um, from from where you're sitting at in your business operations, have you uh, taken anything from that thought process and put it as, as a dad or taken anything from a dad and put it into your business? Um, how have you seen the yeah, two of those be able both to interact? Ways. Both ways for sure. And I'd say the main thing is around communication. So I've been fortunate to hire a communications coach. Something that I wasn't ever thinking I needed was a communications coach. I'm like, yeah, I can speak the English language. What is there to communicate? <laughs> um, but taking that communications coach and applying those concepts to business and applying those concepts back to back to home. I'm fortunate to be surrounded by really cool people in business. I learn from them. I ask them questions. I apply that back home. Like, hey, you know, one of the rules I have, Adam, is I'll never go home on the phone. So, like, I'll drive around my neighborhood finishing up a phone call. So when I walk in the house, I'm not on the phone. Cause if I walk in the house on the phone where I'm telling the kids and you know, what I'm telling my wife is this call is more important than you who I haven't seen all day. Mm -hmm. Um, so like there was times where I like driving around the neighborhood and my wife texts me and says like, why are you driving around the neighborhood? I'm like, how do you know I'm driving around the neighborhood? She's like, oh, I turned on find my friends. I'm like, what's that? I don't even know what that <laughs> is. Um, but then I responded and said like, I'm trying to finish up this call. I want to, you know, come in on not distracted and, and be with the kids. I try to get my phone into the bedroom as quickly as possible when I get home so that it's not in my hands. Now I'm not perfect. There's days where I have it in my hand at the dinner table. Am I proud of that? No, mm -hmm. but I'm human. So I just accept it and, and recognize it and am aware of how it made me feel as I'm aware of how it maybe made my kids feel. And then I try to choose something different the next time I have that opportunity. Yeah. I love the driving around the house or driving around, not coming home on the phone. I mean, it's, it's so difficult. Like, like this thing is attached to our hip everywhere we go now that, I mean, there's just, there's no way around it. Even my, my, you know, I think my youngest boy, I think was three, two or three at the time, but, um, he was trying to ask me a question and he literally just grabbed the phone and pulled it out of my hand and looked at me to ask me the question. And I thought to myself, man, I, I clearly have put that. And especially when they're kids, that's literally right in between, literally in between your child and you, um, yep. you know, and what a, what a barrier that can be. But I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and one I, of the things I struggle with is, is, you know, as the kids get iPads and all these other things, mm -hmm. like, no, you can't, no, you can't. And there I am sitting on my phone. I'm like, wow, what a hypocrite. Like, who am mm -hmm. I to tell you, you can't when I'm on this stupid thing all day? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. I can logic and justify, look, I'm doing business. They're watching YouTube videos. Like, yeah, but what's really the difference? 
yeah. businesses kind of become entertainment for me. So like, really what's the difference? So then it kind of forces me to put that phone down and try to get it out of my hands. Yeah. That's, uh, and it's so difficult to, to do because even, and I found myself that even, even if I put the phone down, whatever's on the phone is still going on up here in my brain. So it, like to actually physically separate physically and mentally separate myself from what's actually, what, what's going on in the business has been uh, a struggle, especially now that I work from home. Um, but man, it's, it's, there is no drive home for me to finish up a phone call. It's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm inside the office. So like, man, it's a lot of work to try to figure out how to balance that. Yeah. That's why I don't work from home is because, um, I'm afraid that I won't be able to separate work and home. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big fear I have. And I know it's also a limiting belief. I totally get that. But until like, I feel like I have the knowledge or the systems in place that would allow me to separate work and home in the same environment, I'm just going to avoid putting myself in that place where I feel like I would, I would fall short. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because I, I don't know. I don't think it's a limiting belief. I think it's legitimate. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. when I was in the military, like, um, I purposely lived off base all the time other than when we lived in Japan and I didn't have a choice but to live on base um, uh, because I've never felt like I left work. Like I'm still right. on the base. I'm still sitting here. And then when I was in Japan, um, all of the all of the decision makers for anything that is, so I was a, a criminal investigator, counterintelligence agent and, and whatnot for a long time. And, and um, I was one of the leadership team over there. And right next door was the lead JAG. Uh, the other side was the lead um, uh, cop, the you know the base police guys, uh, and then right across the street was the wing commander. So like there literally yeah. was no going home. So you know now that I'm or no leaving. So now that I'm in my own home office, I'm struggling with the same thing. So uh, I'll say that it's probably not a limiting belief because it's it's legitimate. Because now every time I walk by, I look at my office and I'm like, oh well, I can see all the things I need to do sitting in there. You know, even if it's just mentally seeing yeah. all the things I need to do. But so I will true. say though that the the ability. Um, to just look out there and see my son working on his home, his homeschool stuff right now to, to watch the kids play from my office. Yeah. is unbelievably awesome. Um, and I, I'm yeah. not sure I would trade that for the world. And of course I'm uh, coming from a very different spot than, than where you are, but man, it just, it's such yeah. a blessing to be able to sit here and stare at my kids. But, totally, man. Totally. Um, so, uh, the, the business side of the house, you know, you might, well, I know some of this stuff, so I'm going to ask you some of the other stuff that I don't know. Um, what businesses are you operating yourself now that are, are all solely yours um, uh, that, that you know, you, you have re- you've started yourself? Yeah, right now it's um, mostly like a management company and an investment mm-hmm. company. The management company is kind of what oversees and operates uh, a couple of the businesses that I run. So rather than paying myself from the opportunities I receive, I have those opportunities pay my business and that in turn then pays the people that help support me mm-hmm. and help run my life. Um, and through that management company, we're, we're overseeing and operating a couple companies. And then we're also doing some, some like, uh, sort of like inner circle work, some like, you know, group think kind of concepts, um, for people sort of on the aspiring side of the journey and still looking to try to get some knowledge and, and get out of their own way and get to where they're trying to go. Um, and then the investment side is I have a company that's set up just to make investments. So like I look at investing like a business, I think a lot of people, that I know do that. And when you look at it from a business perspective, I think it gives you a different lens when you're making a decision. Cause you're like, I got to manage the PL, I got to manage the cash flows, I got to manage the humans that go along with this. So, like, it's a business to me. Making investments is a business to me. Uh, we're actively looking to try to buy some, some service based businesses in Austin and in and around Austin, landscaping, septic, kind of you name it. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing I'll tell you is like, 
sellers haven't really capitulated. They think their stuff is still worth what it was in 21, maybe early 22. And you're yeah. like, dude, your revenue is down 40%. And they're like, yeah, but it was. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, I can't buy was. I'm buying is. Like, what is it today? Yeah. So kind of waiting for people to feel a little bit more pain, sitting on my hands, trying to be patient, which is really, really hard for me. Um, but just trying to be patient and let opportunity come to me rather than feel like I have to chase and go get it. I love hearing you say that because it makes me feel a little better because I've been, you know, I was, I was in the, like when I was buying multifamily for a while, it was like, you guys are selling on the future of what you hope everything is going to be instead of where it actually is. And now they're selling on what it was instead of what it is. And it's like, well, so at some point you have to be realistic in what you're, what you're selling. Like you can't just like, and so I'm realistic in what I'm buying. So that means a lot of sitting on my hands. I haven't bought anything in like a year and a half. It drives me absolutely bonkers. But, um, but at the same point, it's like, well, I mean, I'll keep underwriting. I'll keep looking and hope for the best. But um, Yeah, that's the trick, Adam. Stay in the game. You don't want to get out of the game. You stay in the game. You keep underwriting. You don't get, you know, you don't get defeated. It's frustrating. We don't get defeated. And there will be an opportunity or an inning, if we're thinking about this as a baseball game, there will be an inning where you get your at-bats and all of a sudden you start making cracks. And the next thing you know, you hit a single, a single, a double, a home mm -hmm. run and you put four, five, six on the board in one inning. So you just got to be patient. You got to keep sticking to your plan, you know, stick to the vision you have for your life, stick to the core values you have for your life. And, um, you know, don't get caught in FOMO. FOMO is not an investment yeah. thesis. Like fear of missing out is not a reason to make decisions. So, mm -hmm. you know, the best thing that can happen is I say no to a deal because I was uncomfortable. And, you know, if that deal kills it for somebody else, you know, by all means, awesome, like more to them. Right. But the last thing I want is to say yes to a deal that I didn't feel comfortable with and then get caught you know, mm -hmm. with a nasty situation on my hands. Yeah, that's super true. Um, the somebody I heard recently, I don't remember who it was. I wish I could give credit to whoever it was, but um, uh, they talked about I, I don't get to create the market. I just have to live in it. I just have to work in it and work around whatever's going mm. on. So one of the things I've I've been trying to do is adjust to like service based industry business type stuff. I'm trying to learn as much as I can about buying those. Ever since I saw Cody Sanchez at one of the GoBundance events years ago, um, yeah. I was like, dude, I totally need to do this. But I was so focused on apartments, I didn't. So is that something that's been a recent pivot of yours looking at service-based industries? Is that something that you've always been kind of interested in? Or how did, how did that kind of work? And um, is that where you see a, more, a better opportunity now than any of the other investments you've been looking at? Yeah, I've always been super fascinated by it. Again, like I've always believed that service is the Trojan horse to knowledge. And I'd take that mm -hmm. even further to say it's the Trojan horse to whatever you want. <clears throat> and so I look at it the same with a consumer, right? Like if I can cut your grass better than anybody can cut your grass when I want to clean your house, I can clean your house better than anybody wants when I can clean your pool better than anybody. Like, so it's just like this, I just see that being providing service for people is something people will continue to pay for. And I don't think that you know, AI is close enough yet to cutting grass and, and doing that stuff for you or cleaning your pool and mixing the chemicals yet. I mean, I'm sure someday somebody's going to try to create something and it'll probably work. Um, but in the meantime, what I like is I like boring cash flowing businesses that, you know, China can't come in and take away from me. Mm -hmm. Robots can't come in and take away from me, but that actually like make people's lives better, like provide them a service that actually makes their life a little bit better. I mean, a guy came over yesterday and cut the grass for us. Like, he made our life better because our life was really full, really busy. And you know, how, how lucky are we to be able to afford to pay for him to cut the grass and how lucky is he to be able to find us to pay him to cut the grass. So like, mm -hmm. I like to find relationships like that. And that's what the service-based business is for me, you know, better opportunity than anything else. I think there will be a great opportunity for everything, you know, everything potentially in the near, near future. I still don't think in the service-based business, you're seeing quite a great opportunity um, I still don't think in multifamily you're seeing quite a great opportunity, but I do think we're very close to both of them being a great opportunity. 
That's that's awesome to hear. That's because I my I hope that you are accurate because I've been <laughs> waiting for that opportunity to rise back up again. So um, it's been me killing too. me over the last couple of years. But um, man, oh man. Uh, so do you have any desire to involve your kids later on in life um, uh, beyond just the, hey, I can make them an employee and pay them $12,000 a year and put it into their IRA or whatever, um, to actually involve them in the business? Um, I know you, you've, you've mentioned opening up the yeah. horizon so they can kind of choose what they want, um, but, uh, but also, you know, uh, you know a lot about business and a lot of work and go. So um, opening that horizon to them, what are your thoughts on the exposure to business operations to, to your kids? I'll absolutely open the door. If they choose to walk through it, amazing. If they don't, amazing. Like I will open whatever door they ask me to open and I will be there to cheer them on and support them in walking through whatever they choose to walk through. I'll definitely expose them to things, um, but then it will ultimately be their choice as to what they want. Um, you know, look, I think there are schools that can help your kids become entrepreneurs. Look, I think there are programs that can help build entrepreneurship in kids, but you know, you became an entrepreneur not because of the school you went into, but because of who you are as a human and how you're wired. And mm -hmm. I think it's my job as a parent to figure out who my kids are and how are they wired and then put them in a place where their passion and their purpose are aligned to let them achieve whatever level of success they choose to achieve and however they define success, right? Maybe it's the amount of days worked. Maybe it's the amount of days off. Maybe it's the amount of money made. Maybe it's the amount of money donated. I don't, I don't have any sort of marriage to whatever they do. My only goal is to find their purpose, their passion, and ultimately let that fuel whatever they decide to do. That's all. I mean, I, I can't... Uh, I can't say how much I agree with that enough. Um, uh, but hey, my son, of course, th this is one thing I, I forgot to warn you about before we started is I can almost guarantee at every podcast, my son is going to walk in because he loves to come and uh, say hello. Well, what would be um, cool is if you had him ask a question, what question does he have? Do you want to take a headphone like you always do? And then he wants to know what questions you have for him. This is Mr. Matt. Um, he is, uh, you know, all those trips I go on with that company or that business, that uh, group called GoBundance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's the one who runs the, the company now. Do you have any questions for him? He's got two kids. You don't know? No. No questions at all? No. He lives in Texas. He runs multiple businesses. He's super smart. He's super down to earth. You can ask him whatever you want. What an opportunity. Don't waste the opportunity, buddy. <laughs> All right, so you mentioned, I'll ask a question for you, because this is right, right up his alley on the thing. So um, sports, um, what are your thoughts yeah. on kids with sports? So Adam is a golfer. He loves to golf. Um, me too. Man. Or at least he me tells too. me that he loves to golf. I'm trying to, to I love it. verify that he is loving this. But uh, so, so there you go. There's another thing. Mr. Matt loves golf. He's obsessed with it. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on sports? I know you mentioned like the commitment side of the house, right? So that's, that's mm -hmm. one thing is making sure the kids are committed. Um, what other things are you uh, hoping that sports are going to provide? Um, and do you prefer team sports over individual sports? For your and kids, I'm just trying to expose my kids to every sport possible. Like our four-year-old is right now she's in dance. She plays soccer and she's in tennis. Uh, and when we got her into tennis, she told me on the way there, I hate tennis. And I'm like, oh, really? That's interesting because you've never played. Like, do you even know what tennis is? Uh, and by the end of the lesson, and we're so fortunate to have this incredible coach. But by the end of the lesson, she was like, I love tennis. When can I come back? And she had this confidence on the court. She said hi to a 14-year-old girl. And like usually she's a little bit more shy. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like we found something where you feel like you can open up. 
So now we keep going to tennis and she loves that. And she's pouring into that. Like she says she hates soccer, but last week she scores three goals, comes running over like she wins the world series or the world cup. Let's keep it soccer. She comes running over. She's thrilled. She celebrates. She's having a blast. Um, and so my job is just to show her what's possible. Same with Mm -hmm. my son. He's in soccer already. Um, we're going to get him into gymnastics just so he can climb more and have more fun. Um, I was a wrestler and a soccer player growing up. I think there's really good things about team sport. And I think there's really good things about individual sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that she likes soccer. Well, she says she doesn't, but she does. She likes soccer. She likes dance. I love that she loves tennis because the lessons she'll learn from tennis will be a little different than the lessons she learns from soccer. And if she ties all of those mm-hmm. together, like what a powerful little knowledge that girl's going to have. Um, and so, you know, again, like, I believe my job as a parent is to open up as many doors as I can. And when she chooses something, just to push as hard as I can to bring whatever opportunity she wants her way. Now, I'm not going to want it more than she does. So do I want her to be good at soccer? Yeah, I played soccer growing up. It's cool to see your kids score a goal. Mm. But at the end of the day, if she starts not wanting it, she doesn't want to go to practice. She starts fussing. She doesn't want to put on her cleats. She doesn't want to put on her shin guards. I'm not going to want it more than her. Now, I'll make Mm. sure she gets through that commitment she made because that's one of my wife and I's deals. But um I, I can't want it harder than her. Um, you know, we were at tennis the other day and right before my daughter's lesson, there was a guy asking about his, his six or seven year old son. He's like, how do you do? And all this stuff. And like, how does he compare to that number two kid in nationals that you're working with? And like, just put the coach in such a weird position. And yet the kid's like looking at his phone playing Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to look at the dad and go, dude, it doesn't matter because he doesn't care. He doesn't want it. And that's okay. Just use it as a way to get exercise, improve his hand-eye coordination if he wanted to be the best in the world at six, seven, he'd already be asking the coach the questions. What can I be doing? What can I be practicing? Where can I yeah. be going? All this stuff. I'm like, dude, you can't want it more than your kid. And the coach even said to me when the dad left, he's like, man, it just kills me. Like the dad wants it so bad. It's like his kid yeah. just wants to come out here and have fun. Yeah. It's, I, we've seen it multiple times in, in some of the golf stuff. Cause he, I mean, he's got, he's been around this dog with the paper. You know, I say that I don't edit this podcast. This may be one of those I got to edit if, he, if he's been chewing so loudly in the background. But goodness gracious, what a punk! It's like, what? what are you, why get a puppy when you have three kids running around the house? But for some reason, that's I it, choose right? to get a puppy. You know, why not get two? Get two puppies. But uh, yeah, maybe they play with each other at that point. Um, there you go. But uh, but yeah, we've seen like seeing some of the parents that's that are overbearing on the kids. It's like, man, like at what point are the kids just going to push back and just be like, "Dad, I'm done with this." And like, you now you've you're you're going to be pushed. Like, there's just such this push and pull where I keep trying to tell Adam, like, it's just have fun, like just enjoy it. Like you're eight years old, you're not you're not here to win the PGA Championship. Let's just go out and have some fun, hit the ball, and enjoy enjoy life. Like, what the heck? Yeah, and we can be competitive. We can want to yeah. win. Yeah. But we're not going to win every time. Like even yeah. Tiger Woods, probably one of the best to ever play the sport. I would say he's the best, but people will argue me. But like the best to ever play the sport, his winning percentage wasn't 100%. So like it's okay. Like you're not going to win every time. Um, but the question is, is who are you after you lose? Are mm-hmm. you the same person? Can you, can you persevere? Can you pick yourself up? Can you dust yourself off? And I think those are the lessons we need to instill in our children more than like to go out there and win and step on their throat. Like, I mean yeah. – how lucky are you at eight years old to be playing with your, your kid and he's got two legs and two arms and can swing a golf club and he's breathing and he's healthy and he's happy and you're enjoying the outdoors. Like, let's look at what's great about this. Not, not try to go like, well, you missed that four footer. Like who cares, dude? Nobody's going to remember it in three years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's going to remember the four footer. I mean, even, even me, if I'm the one who wants it so bad, even I'm not going to remember the four footer that you missed. Right. Uh, but you know, you will remember if I put you down in one way, shape or form, if I, you know, put so much pressure on you that now you never want to try to perform in front of anybody or, you know, but it's, it, 
Yeah. I don't know. Sports, yeah. I think, yeah. are, are awesome. But, oh, go ahead. They'll, they'll remember the rides. They'll remember yeah. the moments. Like, I, I remember going to wrestling tournaments with my dad growing up because he officiated. And I remember listening to American Pie at 5 a.m. driving to wrestling <laughs> tournaments where I was the towel boy. And I would tap him with a towel all day. And like, still to this day, I hear this song. And, like, my, my, my mind immediately goes back to the wrestling tournaments. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, that's what I remember. That's what I cherish. That's what I value. So my kids are going to be the same. They're going to remember that. So like we listen to music on the way to the games, they're singing, they're yelling. Like it, it, it's all about that stuff for me. That's the fun. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I, I was a wrestler myself in high school and it was in junior high and high school. And it was one of those, I, I loved, I never got, to, my parents almost never went to any of the matches. They were, my dad worked like two jobs. Um, uh, sadly never got to, to drag them out to any of those, but, uh, those are some of the best times. So, I, and it, it taught me a lot as far as so the individual sports side of the house I really like because it it teaches you to rely on yourself and push yourself through, yeah. and that there's nobody to blame when you fail other than you. And the only time you're actually going to fail is when you don't learn from it and push forward. So I want you to fail, right. but fail forward, right? Um, I think it was Sarah Blakely. Um, she talks about how her her dad used to ask her every day when she came home from school, "What did you fail at today?" Um, and yep. it was like a celebrated thing at the dinner table, as far as what you failed at. So we've we've been trying to instill that in into into our kids. But um, uh, Adam is not a fan of failure. He wants to be the perfect person at every single thing he does, and it's so difficult to work through, um, especially when you don't. You know, um, as you were talking about it, and, and I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit on this, but. Um, the 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 benefit about the team sports side of the house is that you you can rely on your your entire team to help make sure that everybody's doing their part and getting things through. Um, uh, but the downfall is is the celebration, not really a downfall, but the celebration is is celebrated together, not just yours. Where if you win the golf tournament, you you won the golf tournament, you and your caddy, of course, and all of your coaches. But um, uh, uh, but you know, regardless, it is being satisfied with where you're at, seeing where you where you messed up. Sports is such a great, great path forward for life itself in learning how to actually manage through difficult situations, how to get yourself. I mean, for me, wrestling was one of those that did that a lot. I mean, I put myself into a lot of situations I shouldn't have um, that ended up getting me tapped out for one reason or or uh, ended up getting me, you know, pinned. And it was like, well, this this is I need to figure this out, you know. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. It, it's so much fun to watch my kids work through that, and um, I look forward to continuing to see them do all of the the fun different events and all the stuff but i really you know i i'm trying to find that balance as well between watching those dads who are so adamant on their kids and like they've put them in homeschool just so they could be on the golf course six hours a day and they you know like this is what you needed i'm like dude you're nine like you gotta be kidding me like yeah no if the kid chooses it that's one thing yeah like if the kid's like dad i want to go to the course dad i want to go to the course like If your son Adam's like, Dad, let's go to the course. Dad, let's go to the course. Cool. I'll be your chauffeur. I'll take you wherever you want to go. Yeah. But if it's like Dad going like, hit another putt, hit another, it's like, dude. Yeah. Soon you're gonna get hit with the putter. Like, you got to be careful, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're, so, you're not wrong. You know, I, I think I think you've got to just kind of. One of the things I struggle with Adam is like keeping my mouth shut. So like mm-hmm. I see some of these parents and how they're how they're doing it, and who am I to judge what they're going through, or who am I to judge what you know what they're dealing with in their lives, but. We were leaving uh, uh, the bull rodeo the other day. We went to the Moody Center down here in Austin. They had the professional bull riding. It was like 10 o'clock at night when it wraps up, right? And there's like a three-year-old drinking soda, like clearly way past her bedtime, you know, having an emotional sugar high meltdown like any of us would at 10 p.m. And uh, this mom's screaming at her, dragging her by the arm, yelling at her, and like just screaming, screaming, dragging, dragging, like yanking her arm. The daughter's screaming. She's crying. She's screaming. She's crying. And 
finally I just looked at the woman. I'm like, ma'am, can I just carry your daughter for you and help you? Cause clearly like she's wanting something yeah. and it looks like your hands are full. Like, how can I help you? And my wife was like mortified, but I'm like, man, I just, for some reason feel this need to stick up for that little girl. Yeah. Like somebody has got to protect her. And, and, you know, again, like who am I to judge what that woman was going through? I didn't know. And I wasn't rude and say like, you know, beep, 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 stop yanking your arm, kid's arm or whatever. But it's like, it's like, we got to say something. And so when it goes to sport, I struggle watching some of these parents get all mm. intense and stuff like that. Cause I just want to look at him and go like, dude, your kid doesn't want to be here. Stop yelling at him. It's not helping. How, how have you, uh, that is one thing that I, I could definitely see out of you. Um, and I would imagine that helps a lot in the business side of the house uh, in, yeah. in, in being able to read the people at your company and be able to say where they're, where they're screwing up. Like what, what kind of tactics are you using on a daily basis with your employees um, uh, in that sense? Like picture, picture that parent being one of your employees and they're doing some stuff. Like how are you working with your employees to make sure that you're getting the best out of them? Um, just like you're expecting the best out of your kids. Um, you know, how, how yeah. does that look for you? You know, it all ties back to core values and then make sure you're in alignment on the core values. And then did I clearly communicate it? Generally speaking, Adam, like every single thing that's an issue inside of our personal lives, our business is a reflection or a shadow of what we're having inside. So if something's going wrong in the business, it's probably because I didn't clearly communicate it or it wasn't, mm. I didn't articulate it or I didn't audit it or I didn't answer the question. Or I, I didn't do something right. So the first thing I do is ask myself, like, what am I doing in this situation? Like, what could I have done better? And I always go to my people and say, like, Hey, look, like that newsletter just doesn't, that just doesn't work for me. How can I help you? What can I do? You know, do you want me to write a couple so you can get the tone and the voice? Do you want me to help you write it? Like, can I, can I edit it before you send it out? Like, again, for me, it's all about service. So I show up and say like, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I help you? And oftentimes when you do that, people will come back and be like, I need to do better. I need to do better. And the best way to lead people is to get them to step up for themselves. You know, there's that billion dollars saying you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it, which mm -hmm. I still don't fully understand. I mean, I get the concept, but I've not spent enough time with horses to know if they'll drink by water or not. Um, but with our people and our employees, our, our kids are the same way. There are some days where I have to yell at my daughter and say, we need to clean up your room. It's time, you know, three, two, one, let's get this cleaned up. But like yelling, isn't going to change her desire to do it. So mm -hmm. like, I'm like, Hey, Rylan, I can totally see you're frustrated right now. We got to clean up your room. Can I help you? Like, how can I help you get this cleaned up? Yeah. Right. And, and just be the support system. I try to do the same for our people. Like I was actually talking to one of our people yesterday and I'm like, like we were talking about some, we had some frustrations actually launching the new GoBundance site. And, um, I was like, I, the first thing I said was, what could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. How could I have helped this? Did I not give it the attention it deserves? Did I not audit the plan well enough? Like, should we have walked through the plan? Should we have done a dry run? Like, what could I have done differently? And the first thing in point said right away was like, this is not your responsibility. This is ours. It's 100% on us. I was like, well, no, I'm the leader of the business. So it's 100% on me, but I hear you and I appreciate that. Now, how can I help you? What's our plan? Hey, let's do a postmortem. Let's look at it. Let's understand why you made those decisions. And, you know, I, I try not to be an asshole because it doesn't get you anywhere in life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm intense. I demand, you know, excellence, but at the same time, thank God we're not doing brain surgery because there'd be a lot of dead people. Like we're not, the, the decisions <laughs> we're making on a daily basis aren't life or death. Like we might lose some money. We might have some downtime on the website. Is that desired? No, but let's put it in perspective. We're not, you know, thank goodness we're not in the Gaza strip or in Israel. I mean, like it could be so much worse. Yeah. It could be so much worse. Yeah. 
you're you're convicting me a lot in you, in what you're saying just because like so uh, coming from the military background i'm i'm so used to especially in the career i was in being micromanaged um and mm. it drove me absolutely bonkers um so now as you know an owner and operator of a company it uh, the employees i tend to go the opposite direction and just go hey i've given you your job it was the way that i wish that i would have had a boss um and maybe i just wished that because i didn't have it um that i wish yeah. that i had it that way um is like hey i here here's your job here's your role go do it and then let me know if there's problems as opposed to uh, I love the balance that you're throwing throwing at me here. And I know you're not actually throwing it at me, but man, does it feel like it? Um, of like, hey, no, like I, I be the supportive boss, not the absent boss, right? To be the supportive, um, uh, you know, business owner, not the absent yeah. business owner, um, because I think there's a huge difference in that. Just like being a supportive dad, not a not a um, an absent dad. I mean, there's I, I want to be there all the time for my kids. Why would I not want to be there all the time for my business? Which is what helps me be able to raise my family to begin with so um totally that that uh, uh that definitely spoke to me for sure um but i uh i, I want to unless you have something to add on that i want to go ahead and be um mindful of your time uh the i know you just you mentioned that uh, you'd like to get out of here a little bit early you're getting ready to set up at a i know i'm sorry fantastic- man. no no challenge the status right. quo i always want to be different no i always want to be the shortest or the longest <laughs> Just because you're going to go do an amazing event for uh, the GoBundance guys. That's the only reason I'm going to let you go early. Other than that, I would totally I appreciate that. waste yeah, your time I appreciate as much that, as humanly no, possible. I, I, uh, I really I take a lot of pride and a lot of like intentionality behind these events. So I've got like the agenda printed out and I'm marking it up or reviewing it with the team. We're like, mm-hmm. what song should we play here? What emotion should they feel here? Why should they do this? Why are we going to open it? How are we going to close it? How are we going to set the stage? How are we going to frame it? And you know, I, I really take a lot of pride in, in the overall experience because I think our experiences actually shape our responses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, I, I feel like a weight right now of trying to craft this perfect flow, this perfect process, which is so exciting. But, man, it's a big responsibility. And so, um, you know, I'm just, like, processing, like, Ooh, what could I do better? How could I do it differently? Like, you know, I talked about that that magic question. Like, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask the guys is, like, what do you think about that? Like, what work are you avoiding? Hmm. that will solve all your problems because we're all avoiding something every single one of us we're avoiding going to have that conversation with our spouse or avoiding that hard project at work or we're avoiding working with some of our childhood trauma whatever it is every single one of us avoiding something so what are you avoiding that could could open up all the doors for you yeah and now i'm I'm sad that i'm not going to be there because that was actually a part of a conversation i was having yesterday with a a gobundance guy just uh you know trying to work through some various different things not in that exact sense but like trying to understand why why I'm because like, I feel like I'm at a um, I'm kind of stuck in some mud and I'm trying to figure out why why I'm so stuck in the mud. So I need to sit back and look at like what am I avoiding doing? What am I avoiding um, looking at? And I, so I mean that was something I definitely put an asterisk next to that you said because I I need to be able to I don't know what it is right now. I got to figure it out. But um, when will this podcast release? Not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh, right? No. Sadly, it's not going to be for like two three months from now. A couple months, you said? Yeah. Okay. So one of the exercises we're going to do at GoBundance is like, can you raise your right hand? And then can you raise it higher? Like, why didn't you go that high to begin with? Because we all like to be comfortable. We all like to Mm -hmm. do what's comfortable. So the same can be true of you in your life, right? Like you feel like you're stuck in the mud, which is another way of saying, I'm doing what's comfortable and I need to stretch myself. You're 
man, you were so brave and so, so kind to serve this amu- amazing, beautiful country. And I was too much of a coward to do it. But like, you know, thank God for people like you, because this country is amazing. But you serve this country. How uncomfortable were you at boot camp? How uncomfortable were you on the first deployment? Like you're addicted to being uncomfortable. And so when people say I'm stuck in the mud, it's probably a comfort thing. Like you need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to do something mm-hmm. that scares you, something that challenges you. Uh, and changes the horizons, which is why every single year I set up a crazy big goal this year, like literally in a week, my wife and I are hiking 29029, which is we're going to hike the elevation of Mount Everest in 36 hours, you you hike up the mountain and take a gondola down, you got 36 hours to complete it, it'll be 17 laps of whatever 1900 feet elevation gain each time, whatever those numbers work out to be. Um, Two years ago, I wrote a bull like you got to put yourself in place to feel uncomfortable to feel scared so that when you do feel stuck in the mud, you can look around and go like, I just need to challenge the status quo a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'll say that. I mean, I feel more stuck in the mud now than I did in the mountains of Afghanistan. Like it's it's like a are we? Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. Maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe yeah. that's what I need to do is uh, go out and get get out of my comfort zone a little bit too much. I've been, I mean, uh, sitting in comfy chairs and dealing with comfy life and driving nice car and blah blah blah. Yep. And like I need to get get myself out of there and get you know get this mud cleaned off. But uh, Matt, get uncomfortable. I, yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, I greatly appreciate you jumping on and taking the time. I uh, I Same really man. wish I was going to be at Oconee. Um, but it's right before my conference in San Antonio, so we're going to be swapping sides of the sides of the uh, the country here. But um, regardless, I'll see you in uh, uh, February, January at uh, Vermont. Uh, Vermont. So I yeah. cannot wait for that. Well, San Antonio is right down the road. If I can do anything to help you at your event, uh, just just holler. Happy to happy to be of service any way we can. Whether it's a vendor connection, you know, me doing something, whatever you need, just awesome. let me know. Um, you will be missed at Lake Oconee, but uh, you will be loved when you are seen in Vermont. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. I greatly appreciate it. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of solid takeaways for this. Um, and, uh, I really look forward to, uh, getting to shake your hand in person again and, uh, good Thanks, luck man. and thank you so much again appreciate for jumping it. on. All right. Anytime, man. Anytime. Thank you so much for listening to the biz dad podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.